Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy, ignorance. This is episode 55. In this episode, we're going to be talking about electricity, Greg. Oh, yes. And we were bringing up some walks of shame to put each other and the world in its place. I'm going to introduce you to a dinosaur theme park. I'm actually quite excited by that. And I'm going to talk about... Nuclear fusion! Also, we made a terrible mistake naming our planet in the walk of shame. Oh, no. But let's get on to episode 55. What's so interesting about the number 55? Well, it's it's the same number backwards as it is forwards. It's palindromic. It is. That wasn't the thing. That was just something we said before. We thought it was funny. Episode 55. And therefore, number 55 is quite interesting. It is the 10th number in the Fibonacci sequence. There you go. Ah. Yeah, so we've talked about Fibonacci nice. sequence quite a lot in this podcast. We won't bring it up again. I actually amused myself making Fibonacci spirals the other day. Oh. Just coding them up and letting them go. Wow, so you would have seen quite a few golden ratios there. I certainly did. 1 to 1.618, 1 yes. Excellent. 1.618, yeah, yes, that sounds about right. right. That's when you decide a few numbers together. Zero, two. There you go. Ooh, you uh, know five digits, more. baby. And 55 is also a triangular number. If you add up the sum of the numbers from 1 to 10... It adds up to 55. So that makes it a triangular number. Ah. And why I've mentioned the Fibonacci sequence and the triangular number. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It is. Wait, so. 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 plus 5 plus 6 plus 7 plus 8 plus 9 gives you 45. Oh, plus, plus 9. Yes, plus, 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 so, plus 10. So 10 and 1 are 11, and 2 and 9 are 11, and 3 and 8 are 11, and 4 and 7 are 11, and 5 and 6 are 11. And that's five sets of 11. Cool. Brilliant. <laughs> triangular numbers. That's how it works. But it's also, it's the largest Fibonacci number that is also a triangular number. There you go. So from here on in, there'll be no more Fibonacci numbers from our podcast. So it's also a triangular number. Oh. I know, I know. That's it's actually really sad. Savor the moment, listeners. Savor the moment. Or just re-listen to the podcast over and over again. And savor, just keep savoring. Just keep saving. Oh, it's like not eating a chocolate and not cleaning your mouth out afterwards. I, or was that just a me thing? I don't know. I hate when you eat something delicious and you're like, I've got to brush my teeth. And it's like, well, I can't enjoy no, the... No, 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 not that. No, there is that too. I eat chocolate. I go, oh, I have some chocolate. And then I go, oh, I really enjoyed that chocolate. Oh, that chocolate tastes still in my mouth. Now I'm not enjoying it. Now it's like, oh, there's too much chocolate in my mouth. I've actually got to go wash my mouth out with water and get rid of all the chocolatey taste. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, I've just enjoyed some delicious nachos. And I'm like... Oh, I've got to wash my teeth. I was enjoying having the, the aftertaste of nachos. <laughs> you know who that was who introduced us? Uh, no. It was Richard Hatch, <laughs> the real Apollo. Real Apollo. <laughs> the one with the penis and everything. Not the, what? Yeah. No, no, not the god. What are you talking about? What? What are you, you mean from Battlestar Galactica? What are you talking about? No, there's an Apollo with a penis, because in the new series, it's a, Apollo with, a, with Sans penis, isn't no, it? No, 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 that's, that's Starbuck. Starbuck is changed into a woman in, in the new series. What's Apollo that? was still a man. It was um, Jeremy Bamba, Joseph Bamba, John Bamba. Well, they're still not the real Apollo, that, and I don't think they have a penis. <laughs> and he, Richard Hatch very nicely did the introduction. He also played in the, so in the original series, he played Apollo, and in the reboot series, he played Tom Zarek, who was kind of like the leader of the naughty peoples, who then joined with the governments and things. So there mm-hmm. you go. Thank you, Richard Hatch. You know what I was very excited about uh, in science? 
this this well this kind of, since the last podcast. Yeah, what? It's something really big. It, it just it just seemed to disappear into science, as in into the into the internet. No one seemed to be talking about it. No one seemed to mention it. I to the point where I read it the first time and got really excited, and then went, "Oh, this is going to be big," and then <gasps> oh oh yes, I think I do. Okay, but uh, what do you think it is? Fusion. Fusion. They've got more energy out of fusion than they're putting into That's the fusion. Right. It's, it's amazing. So this is in the National Ignition Facility in the United States, and they used 192 laser beams of this really, really powerful laser, and uh, they used it to heat and compress a tiny capsule of hydrogen fuel to 3.3 million Kelvin degrees. No, it's not degrees. Ah, damn it. So yes, I know people listening. It's just 3.3 million Kelvin. Yeah, it, it actually produced more energy. So this was not self-sustaining yet, but they're saying they've never done this before. It's never happened before and we've never been able to prove it. Now we go, yep, there it's done, and we've, we've got more than just proof of concept. This works. Yeah. So now the next step is try and keep it going for, for longer periods of time. and Until it becomes unstable and <laughs> takes out Switzerland. Yeah, that's that's the one, which is interesting because it's in America, so I don't know why it would... Uh, be f***ing big. That's, 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 yeah. Boom, what happened? Took out Switzerland and most of Europe. And all of the East and Hemisphere. And, and, yeah. <laughs> so, oops, oh well. Why Switzerland in specifically? <laughs> no one likes those neutral guys. But no, seriously, I, I think I read an article about this. They're saying how the American government shutdown, partial shutdown, has been eclipsing the news. So this amazing thing of science which happened, which is true nuclear fusion, has been kind of eclipsed by this other problem of America not being able to pay its bills. But this, it is real. It's out there. It'll be in the show notes. Have a look. It's not... I, I went and checked it quite a few times to make sure it wasn't just people making crap up. I really didn't... I read it late at night and went, is that real? Did I dream that? Is this, is this just some idiot writer? You know, some guy? But no, it's seems like it's legit and that's amazing why it's amazing why it's important dear listener is because if we get fusion if we can get more energy out of compressing and heating things that will solve a lot of the world's problems and a lot of the world's energy problems and we won't have to dig stuff out of the ground and burn lots of stuff we'll be able to generate a lot of electricity have very minimal waste if any uh, won't irradiate anything won't irradiate well yeah hopefully not and it basically it's, it's much much better than fission which is splitting atoms apart oh Hopefully. Hopeful, 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 hopeful. <laughs> Probably still 20 years away, but that's 20 years... We- but now it's 20 years away, not twi- in the future. Not, not 20 years away, which is, scientists speak for, we don't know. Yeah. In the future. Like I read one recently, that this morning, asteroid uh, may hit Earth. I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's right up my alley. I better have a read of that. And it was in the newspaper. And I was like, this asteroid, and I can't remember the designation, may hit Earth in 2860. And yeah. I went, ah. There's so many things that will change in the next 800 years. Not just technology, but, but in its orbit. Even I don't believe we've absolutely nailed it down. What they're saying is, asteroid will, might come near Earth in 800 years. That's what they're really saying. Yeah. But it's better, better to go, asteroid may destroy all life on Earth. Dinosaurs in danger. (laughs) That's it. Nuclear fusion. Very exciting. Greg, we've been doing this podcast for three years now. Indeed. I think that we've developed a connection. I think. A spark. Uh, Yeah. An electricity. Mm. Gregoire, I choose you. Now get in my ball. Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the CryptoZoo. My Pokeball. Oh, thank God for that. All the way through that uh, theme song, I was actually really quite worried. <laughs> Even though we didn't play it, I was still worried in my head. This is one that the Frog Princess has been on at me to do oh. for years. Oh, no. Pikachu. Yes. <laughs> That's well-timed. It's from you. <laughs> Apparently, you want me to shut up. <laughs> you don't want to climb in my ball. <laughs> You don't listen to me. You don't listen to his phone. 
All right. Okay. Pika, which is the sound that electricity makes in right. Japan. Right. And chu, mm-hmm. which is Japanese for mouse. So electric mouse. Electric mouse. Electric mouse. Or more like zap mouse. Zap mouse. Okay. Yep. Pikachu mm. stores electricity in sacks in his cheeks right. and breathes electricity. Yes. And he can sense his surroundings with his tail. Is it electrical? It is electrical. Okay. And sometimes it gets struck by lightning. And that doesn't kill him. It doesn't kill him. In fact, is, is it a him or her? It's a species. Oh, okay. So there are so many p- there's Pikachus. There's many Pikachus. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Good. All they right. live in the forest and you know that they're around because of these scorched patches of earth. <laughs> so the one that's with... Um, Ash. Ash. The one that's with Ash. Oh, I just got that. That's not... That's... Yeah. That's <laughs> not... Um, that's not the only Pikachu. There's lots of them. Yes. Okay. And and is that one the fully evolved form or is that the, the, the simplest, nicest version? That's the middle one. There's like a baby one and then there's like a great big hulking one. So the one that's with Ash hasn't got up to the... Uh, even though he fights with it all the time, it needs, it's never transformed. Yeah, it needs a Thunderstone to transform. Oh, and Ash has been denying it the whole time to reach its yes, evolutionary it's, power. Yes, kept in... He's ne- neotenized it. Yes, in the same way that Mogwai's uh, neotenized. Oh, that's awful. That Ash guy is a terrible human being. He's not even allowing the creature to reach its full potential because he likes having the cute... Ah, ah, nice electrical joke. potential, that's right. Full potential. You'll find that he has a bit of resistance. Ah. Ah, Thank you. ah, He ah. could probably amp it up and get to the next level. Uh, Vaults. I've got nothing. Sorry, vaults. Your capacity for Ah, humour fails you. Nice, nice. I find what you said a big load. All right, let's... Hey, listeners, you you came for science. You got the, the electrical puns. What? It's a, a load. It's that's what a load is like a light. It's anything that goes into the system that actually does uses electricity. It's called the load. So, what? Oh, I did, <laughs> actually very good. All right, we're uh, done. We're, we're done. done. That's right. That hurts. No, that's frequencies. I'm going to. I'm going to bash you with a microphone in a moment. <laughs> Until I think of another one. In which case, it just goes on forever. It does. It does. Okay. Oh my god. Pikachu, oh my shut god. up. Shut oh up. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Too loud. Right. Too loud. Picacho stores electricity and just breathes it out. Picacho. Picacho? Picacho. Now with cheese. Picacho! Picacho. That's the sound they make during sex. Or, um, wow. That's, that went... So how, how does that work? How does the Pikachu creature... Yeah. Okay. What's going on? What's going on with Pikachu? Pikachu? I love when they say Pikachu. Yeah. Isn't it Pikachu? Pikachu, probably. probably. I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's Japanese, so it would be Pikachu, Pikachu, I guess. Three separate, very separate. Oh, then Pikachu. Pikachu. Pikachu, I chase you. Pikachu, eh? <laughs> How would I do it? Well, my first thought would be to go biological and think of an electric eel. So electrical, electrical eels have muscles and have little organs in their bodies which can actually store charge. Mm. And they can discharge it very, very, very quickly. And they can store a, 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 enough to kill a horse. Uh, and, uh, it's not enough to kill a horse, but they stun. can certainly knock them down. Right. Maybe actually, that's, you're probably right. I think I was listening to a Stephen Fry show about this. And they, they, you're right. They don't die from the shock. What they die from is lying in a river with their snout in the water. Oh, <laughs> oh no, God. Oh, I'm trying to... And they can do it from 20 feet away. Yeah, it's and where my knowledge comes from, I think it was a Stephen Fry documentary, and they showed people... They didn't show up. They talked about people driving cattle into the water. Of course, cattle go, Oh, I'm shocked! And, then, and the heel goes, Holy crap, kill everything! And then, of course, they're done. And then the human then goes, Well, time to walk in the water. And they reach in and grab it. What you don't realize is sometimes the eagle, eel goes, I'll just wait. 
<laughs> and gets the guy as well. Can, you can shock them out. They don't constantly make electricity. Yeah. So, they've, they've got a build-up. Mm. Each organ... Cause they've, got, they've got like a 1,000 yeah. of these organs I all thought lined it was like up. 200, but that's right. Yeah. Between five and 6,000. Really? I stand correctly. Each one is filled with electrolytes mm. and has a slightly different charge building from one end to the other. Mm. A battery. Yep. And so in order to activate it, they actually release sodium into their system, mm. which mm. connects them all up and just goes gazap and turns the whole thing into... Like, it just circuit, discharges basically. from one end to the other mm. and just goes kabam. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's basically a circuit. That you, just, you just described a battery. Nature has made a battery in a, in a living animal that's full on. And it ch- piles itself up by uh, movement. A lot of movement is what keeps it going. So it's, it's a lot of the time... Oh, does it? it? I, I wondered about that. It's, um, it, I mean, it eats things. has to do with electrolytes. Yeah. But actually, it's, it's motion is what does it a lot of it. But that's my first thought. It's but, not an eel. It's, no, they're not. No, we call electric eels, and they're not actually eels. It's so a knife fish. There you go. Sort of like a catfish, mm. which also use electricity. Yes, but don't they use it to sense things? Yeah. And not to shock things? They go, hang on. So do platypus. Platypus can platypus. detect electricity in the water. So, so you have the little crayfish and thing in the, in the water, and they, they go, hmm, I can detect your electrical signals of panic, and, and they go, yum, 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 yum. Mm-hmm. They spur you with their back spurs, because platypus is a bastard. Platypus is a weird. That's how they are. Anyway, that's a whole lot of platypuses. Platypuses. Yeah. Yeah, it's not platy pie. Not platy pie. Not even platypodes. Unless you're a wanker. And let's face it, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not a wanker. No, we love you. We lo- now, that's, that's my first thought. It's so like, don't use platypodes. That's, that's, uh, that's my first thought, but that's boring. To be perfectly honest, that's boring. And that doesn't interest me at all. To come on a crypto zoo and just copy an animal oh, hang that's on, already hang existed? On. Hang boring. on. Boring. No, I mean, that's, I think it's a good jumping off point. Well, but Pikachu breeds electricity. Yes, yeah, well, that's, that's also kind of interesting. Now, this, this, this is my next point here. That yeah. maybe, maybe it does store the electricity up uh, in its body with these muscles and these, these organs. But also, I think, in my mind, I'd rather now go more geological and make some sort of piezoelectric crystal. It's always with the piezoelectric oh, crystal. You better believe it, because a piezoelectric crystal, you can by stressing it in a certain way, you can generate electrical charge. Yeah, you get enough of them in one place, and you stress them, you can get quite a big charge. In my job, I have a piezoelectric popper, and I can actually put a bit of ethanol in a popper, put it on the end of the piezoelectric popper, and I can press it, and it launches it three meters into the air. Just, just oh wow, it's pretty impressive. I mean, middle, it's the ethanol burning, but it makes a spark, quite a big spark, enough to hurt you if you're not careful. Uh. Where you have to wear gloves. So my thought is, Pikachu has lots of piezoelectric crystals that it either eats and when it's young and it's neotenized form yeah. and then when it evolves up maybe it's the thunderstone maybe the thunderstone it, it absorbs it into its face and making things up now oh no wait that'd be the last one so can't yeah. the thunderstone oh damn yeah. maybe it helps and it puts lots of piezoelectric around um, its mouth could you get those piezoelectric crystals from conductive material like telephone wires and stuff no it, it's an actual crystal not, oh, okay. not a metal because Pikachu eats Conductive material, uh, like wires and copper well, and stuff. That might maybe he's trying to set up his internal systems to pass the power from his his biological component of ge- electrical generation to the piezoelectric. Ah. But, so the piezoelectric builds up in the in the face, and then what happens? I mean, I've never seen that. Like, is it fire a lightning bolt out of his mouth? It's or? it's it's basically a big burst of electrical energy right. that fires out. Well, because the air is a really good insulator, which yeah. means it stops electricity from flowing. That's why you have to get a lot of a charge build up. So that'd be a massive charge in that animal yeah it's and then that's why i don't think it'd be good to have it stored up in a battery form but if you stressed the piezoelectric crystals in the right way especially if it's, if it's eating metal you said before it eats metal yep. 
maybe it can channel it out. Or maybe it's got wires and things channeling it out so it doesn't blast its own face. Like a Faraday cage, it is not going to blast its own head off electricity. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking, what if it's like filled with iron? Like its blood is really filled with yeah, iron yeah. And, and other minerals because it's eating these yes. minerals and creates a Faraday cage that keeps the electricity inside. Like, and then I went... That's not how Faraday cages and, and work. It's also not how electricity works. It would just earth itself. Yeah, well, if it, it's it, that's right. Well, if it's, it's inside, it couldn't get out. But no, it, no, no. If it's in, if electricity's inside a Faraday cage, it it's not that it can't. The signal can't get in or out. You can't get a signal in or out of a Faraday cage. Yeah, so it earths, normally it's on the outside, but it also works on the inside because it um it was, would have to actually earth. It right? would have to be insulated. I've seen I've seen, I've seen Tesla coils with with the electricity jumps out and and then it, it hits the end of the Faraday cage. It's surrounded, so it doesn't kill everyone around it. Yeah, that earth. That's earth. It has to be earth. That's earth. So if the so. Faraday cage is sitting mm. on top of an insulator and there's electricity inside the Faraday cage, it just wouldn't work, would it? it? I don't. I think it just wouldn't work. Because that's right. how Faraday cages. It just ta- it doesn't stop the electricity. It grabs Chan- the electricity channels and channels around. it yeah. into the earth. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just, safe. it just keeps the signal from the center and the outside. But I think the piece of electric in the mouth, it builds up enough of a charge, and then when it clicks its teeth, or maybe it goes Pikachu, it makes the right noise and it moves its muscles, it stresses all the piezoelectric crystals in its face, and it blasts out, it, it breaks down the, the basically electrical potential, breaks down the air, and you get a lightning bolt. Oh, so, goodness I- me, from something from a rat. I mean, that's fictional. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. So don't. <laughs> Don't ruin this. Now, thunderclouds mm. uh, have a negative charge on the bottom of them because mm. what, what happens in a big thundercloud is that all the positive uh, atoms go to the top mm. and all the negative charge goes to the bottom of the cloud, yeah. of the cloud and then the ground is positive mm. and so the lightning bolt jumps from the negative of the bottom of the cloud to the ground More because it's closer than the top of the cloud. Right, okay. Now... Yeah. If Pikachu And that's is why often, you get more lightning bolts inside clouds, because they're... They, yeah, they're, they're jumping back and forth. Yeah. So I think it's like 40% of lightning bolts hit the ground and everything else is up, uh, up in the air. There you go. Maybe even less than that hits the ground, actually. Mm. Now, Pikachu is often hit by lightning bolts when he mm. puts his tail in the air. Mm. So he, he must be positive charge. Well, at least his tail is. His tail is positive but charge. But it makes sense. If his, if his electricity coming out of his face, yep. then he's got all his negative charge in one side of his body, and therefore he'd have a lot of positive charge in the other side of his body yeah. to make more of a potential difference so he could be a bit more of a battery. So if he puts his tail in the air, what he's really doing is, is just making a big big lightning rod yeah. to be hit. So he can charge himself up with electricity. Yeah, that's interesting. And yes. then if he insulates his tail from... His head, his head is massively negatively charged. But then, if he can sort of spit a positive charge of fluid, oh. then and then release the thing. So, in fact, what I think he's, he's doing, spitting. he's lifting up his tail yes. and and doing that thing that cats do, spraying from a gland <laughs> near his anus <laughs> forwards. Right, that is. Positive. It would be more as well. It'd be more like like um, you get animals that spit, like snakes spit. Yeah, them. but it needs to be down the tail end where the positive end is. Well, that's why. Uh, because, doesn't oh, it? Oh, I see. Oh, I see. That, right. So, so it's a, it arcs over the top then. Yeah. Kind of running, or under the bottom. Or under the bottom, right. So that it looks like he's peeing that out. So he sprays some sort of positively so li- charged and, fluid. And you'll see that he'll jump into the air. Yeah. So he won't he won't lean forward. He'll jump into the air so that right. his feet are in the air in a comical anime uh. type thing. He's spraying out some sort of negatively like charged... Like a skunk. Right. A, a negatively charged fluid. No, positively charged fluid. Positively charged fluid, mm. and then releasing electrical and stored up electrical, maybe a fluid from his cheeks. Yeah, or some sort of potential anyway. That yeah. hits the str- that hits the stream and jumps from 
He's negatively charged now to the positive who's just been sprayed with... Oh, what's this? That's really good. Oh, wow. That's terrifying. And recently, a new there is a new Pokemon that's come out, by the way. So all the kitties who are now playing it, enjoy that. Every time you use Pikachu, enjoy. Yeah, that's, enjoy Pikachu's electric musk. <laughs> okay, so I've mapped out the roots of the guards and the best access point of the museum is the roof. Check. We cut through the skylight and drop through into the West Hall. What about the dogs? I have sausages filled with knockout drugs. They're trained not to take food from strangers, aren't they? The sausages are very heavy and easy to wield. Gotcha. We move between the West Hall and the South Hall between 11.45 and 11.47. That cuts it close. That's not the hard part. We then have to deactivate the security lasers. Each one of 120 solid-state lasers must be opened and have its mechanism removed. Wow. Only then can we get to the Quantock Diamond. Payday! And what do we do with all the rubies? What? No, it, it's a diamond. One big diamond worth $40,000. But the security system? We're not stealing the security system. But solid-state lasers require a ruby to concentrate their light. If we're snatching 120 rubies from the laser security, that's um, voltage of 30 amps, massive, times by 120, $190,000 worth of rubies. Okay, new plan. Now, uh, Dan. Yes. You yes. are. You are one. I of, am Dan. You are one of the oppressive majority. Yes. Yes. Mm, a, uh, a, a white male. Oh, no, Age no. between no, no, eighteen no. No, and no, thirty-five. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the real thirty-five. Real, the, the, the real majority. <laughs> well, I'm all those things except that last one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm much younger than you are. You're not thirty-five. I'm talking about you. And most of the people listening to this podcast, you are all oppressive, bastard, filthy trichromats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well. You, you have three working cones in your eyes. Oh, yes. And they see red, green, and blue. Yeah. And, and they just see the world. And red is good. Oh, oh, red is so much better than green and blue. Oh, really? Really? It's, well, uh, yeah, this, is, this, is what, this is what us dichromats, you hear me, dichromats? Just uh, pump your hand, your hand in there. If you're a dichromat, which is like one in 10 males, one in 20 males, sorry, and one in 200 women, dichromats, punch your hand in there. Wherever you are right now, you punch the sky. Don't hurt your hand. Hands. Don't well, hurt your hands, you weak, poor little thing. We're not weak people. Yeah, but you're, you're a little bit slow, and your depth <laughs> perception's probably off. That, and... uh, duh, that's the thing. The, all these terrible things that you make up about us wonderful dichromat, there is actually... Mm. And uh, you spray stuff from your glands near your anus. No, no. I, well, yes, but that's nothing to do with my eyes. I, goodness. I, as a di proud, proud badge-wearing dichromat, there has been some research... Cause this, I mean, oh, I've been meaning to talk to you about because this really clashes with their shirt. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I, I read a book by Dr. Oliver Sacks called The Island of the Colorblind. I've read a lot about colorblindness, being colorblind myself. I'm interested. In, and it's always been from outside points of view. And, and I've always been intrigued by that. And, and normally not many colorblind people have written about it. It's always been from color normal people and telling us why we suck, which is kind of upsetting. Um, but there's been a, a sort of research done. And I admit this is only done with 12 participants. So, you know, it's not the greatest sample size in the world. Basically, they were asked to, uh, to distinguish a circular pattern from other patterns in which the textual elements differed from the background in orientation and thickness. 
So in one condition, the stimuli was single-coloured, so green or red, and in the other condition, the stimuli were colour camouflage with a green and red mosaic overlaid onto the pattern. Colour vision deficient participants, dichromats like myself, selected the correct stimuli in the colour camouflage condition as quickly as they did in the single-coloured condition. So basically, if, if they could, we could pick the pattern out, whether ah. it was colour camouflaged or not. Normal or trichromat coloured participants took much longer to select the correct choice so in colour camouflaged conditions. So there's too much information mm. for us to pick out what we're after. You're actually, in that we're, we're in specific situation, yes. you can actually, you've got a, a filter that just goes, throw away the red pattern, and we can figure out what, yep. we've got less information to have That's to right. wade through. There's, there's, there's less signals. Oh, less. that makes a lot of sense. And what they're saying, because why, why are there so many colorblind people? If it's such a detriment to the evolutionary pattern of genes, then we shouldn't be here. It'd be a lot smaller. Put it, it wouldn't be like one yeah. in 20 miles. Now, mainly, a lot of people said, maybe it doesn't hurt anything. Maybe it's tied to something else. Mm-hmm. And that's also a possibility. But this guy's saying, well, no, maybe it's also, to be able to tell colors is really important for berries and things you don't die. But also, if there is a tiger in the bushes and it's standing still and it's kind of well camouflaged, maybe a dichromat would go, tiger in the bush! And at half a second before the trichromat goes, orange and black thing, tiger in the bush! You know, it's, 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 <laughs> and, and now it's eating you as I'm already leaping into the trees and, and, and brachiating away. Okay, so you're, so you're going tiger shape Yes, and, Go- our, and our brains are going... Are going normal colours. Yeah, tiger shape. Yeah, that's right. That's and just cues it up and goes. Oh, we should have queued that first. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's yeah. the thing. So we can't. It's only a small sample, and it doesn't prove anything. But I was very excited to go. Dichromats unite. This uh, jingoism that you have <laughs> it really makes me see red. Oh. I would like to say thank you to Shane and Steve and everyone else who pointed me to the new research from some Canadian scientists where they have found fossils of coloured feathers. Thank you, everyone, (laughs) who filled up my mailbox (laughs) to make sure I didn't miss this important piece of Paleolithic news. <laughs> I, I actually... They, no one sent it to me. So no. Please, I have no idea what you're talking about. No, please. they inundated <laughs> me. Really? What, 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 did, um, what did you find out? A Canadian researcher has discovered a rich collection of ancient coloured feathers perfectly preserved in amber by the devil <laughs> who hid them there. <laughs> that may have possibly adorned the bodies of, of an unknown dinosaur species. They come from the late Cretaceous when the age of dinosaurs was nearing its end and the birds were starting to flourish. Right. At the University of Alberta, they're sorting through 4,000 pieces and found 11 feather specimens trapped in Cretaceous amber, ranging from early proto-feathers with spike-like cores to fan-like filaments of plumage and samples of fluffy down. Mm. Oh, joy. A fluffy, downy dinosaur. Oh, the delight of knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) These bloody cute dinosaurs. Oh, God, it's just going to be like a... I'm looking forward to Jurassic Park 4. That's going to be great. Who's your wee little velociraptor? It'll still kill you. Chomp. It'll still kill you. But I do have some other exciting dinosaur news. Uh There is... I've had pointed out to me a dinosaur theme park opening up in Queensland. In Queensland, is this our crazy new uh, senator? Uh, what? No, 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 not him. Oh, okay. 
there is already a dinosaur theme park. Really? In Queensland. Right. Supervised fossil digs. Right. Guided tour. Uh-huh. Fossil flood j- log jam. Yes. Where they've got fossilised petrified wood in a log jam. When are we going? Great fossils from around the world. Yes. Meet T-Rex. Yes. Dinosaurs in Eden. What? Genesis Garden Walk from Adam to Australia. What? Meet a real crested dragon. What? Helpful guides walk you from creation to the flood via Babel to the present. Uh, See the evidence for yourself. The Bible is real history. Uh, Welcome to Jurassic Ark. What? Outdoor Creation Research Museum. It, what? <laughs> what? 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 I'll get the flyer. No, that, I... I can't, I don't know what I'm going to I can't, I don't know. This was handed to me a little while ago by a, a listener of ours called Scott. That's... It is the Jurassic Park oh Outdoor goodness. Creation Museum. Oh my goodness, there's a, there's a woman, I'm assuming Eve, and a snake that could be vaguely like a dinosaur. This is crazy. Where is this? Gimpy. That's not far. We have to go there. <laughs> we have to go there. Scott said that we have to take him if we go. Fair enough. No, that's okay. That's that's horrifying. I'd never heard of such a thing. A creationist museum talking about dinosaurs in Queensland, southeast corner of Queensland, in Australia. I've heard about it in America. Uh huh. In, in Colorado, no, uh, near the near the Grand Canyon, I think, or somewhere around there. Uh, but I didn't. I, I can't. If we I, go, we have to pay them though. I I, well, that that's okay because I. I We'll, we'll just we'll just steal some fossils <laughs> just to make up for yeah, it. Yeah, let's not let's not um, record our future crimes on a podcast <laughs> that, that, that hundreds of people will listen to and murder some people. No, no, that's scary. That's I'm intrigued. I need to look into that. That's quite that's quite weird. I, I have no witty end to this. I there's no gag. I'm just terrified. Road trip. Well, congratulations. You've finally attained your goal of a benevolent dictatorship. Things are looking up for everyone. The thing is, Greg, that you don't even know the first thing about governing. I mean, you don't even have an economic strategy. Oh, that's where you're wrong. I've studied all the economies of the world, and I've decided to model our fiscal system of the Nordic countries. Really? The economists declare them the best governed in the world. But you can't just copy an entrenched system like that. It's built on centuries of culture. Exactly. It needs the foundations of Scandinavia that it can be built on. And I've already set the wheels in motion. What? How? I've employed the services of some Vikings. What? They're currently out there right now, raping and pillaging fishing communities. What? It's very traditional. Raping? What? No! What's wrong with you? Who said anything about raping? You just said raping and pillaging. Oh, (laughs) I see the confusion. No, they're raping and pillaging. It's a Viking thing. Not raping and pillaging. What would that even be? Pillaging. Pillage. Verb. Indiscriminate taking of goods by force as part of a military or political victory or during a catastrophe. You've hired people... To do that. Oh. Oh my god. But that's not the only thing they're doing, is it? Oh my god! I guess it's a good thing you're not democratically elected. Oh my god! In an earlier podcast, we talked about a theory that maybe the 
the or hypothesis, I should say, that the universe isn't actually expanding, that it's just becoming more massive. Oh, yes. And this explains the red shifting and the, and the blue shifting, or so the red shifting. Yeah. And, and we've had lots of people sort of write in going, what the, that's just rubbish. Oh, just fair enough. Because, uh, you know, there would probably be noticeable changes in chemistry and things like that and in stars further away, which, which I hadn't thought about. Which is oh, right. So that was, uh, oh, yeah, that, I thought that was, that was actually Mr. Steve Nolick from cheapastro.com. Uh, he's clever. He's, he's very he's... clever. And it's what it, there probably would be some kind of a chemical, uh, you'd be able to tell chemically or the, the makeup of stars, which is fair enough. I'll, I'll bow to his knowledge on that one. Don't, I mean, we, we just don't know. Uh, so I want to put another one, which is also probably going to upset people. The, the idea is another theory that, that the missing mass of the universe because you know lots of the universe we talk about dark matter, dark matter. And, dark, and dark energy yep. and all these sort of things someone sort of said oh well maybe maybe the because you know what is, what is the universe full of really what, what's a lot in the universe marketing marketing there's a lot on earth but beyond earth not so much it's, I know you can't, we've been beaming it out since the 40s yeah that means it's only 40 light years away that's not far that, that's that's peanuts compared to space Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> so, what's what's out in space? What 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 would you get a lot of in space? Hide, uh, helium, helium, stars. So that's mass. So we, we we kind of we know what the mass of the universe okay. is. The visible mass. What what else uh, is there? Void. Void. What's in the void? Um, Travelling around the void. Uh, quantum particles no. coming in and out of existence. Let's keep it simple than that. No, no, let's talk about virtual particles. Spaceships. No, Aliens. What comes out of stars? Gas. <laughs> you know, S- the- sun. Light. Sunlight. Light. Light. Photons. Photons, thanks. The universe is packed full of photons. Everywhere you look, there's just photons zooming around. There's the whole... Cosmic... Everywhere you see, there's uh, photons. That's very good. Thank and, you very much. Uh, so the cosmic microwave background, uh, we know that there's like it's all been redshifted. That's what we are talking about before. There's a theory, there's a hypothesis, that maybe that photons, which we've always assumed to be massless, yeah. and they just zoom around at the speed of light. Bow. Someone went, well, what happens if they did have mass? What happens if photons had some insignificant mass. And I'm talking stupidly small mass. Now, we would notice this. That's why I was like, well, we'd probably notice. Because we, we can, with, the, um, with so the Cosmic Background Explorer, with the data from that for the CMB, which is the Cosmic Microwave Background, we, we know the energy levels at the start of the universe pretty, pretty carefully and what was out there. So we can't just say crazy things. People go, well, actually, that would break these observations we've made. Okay. So the, what they've worked out is, well, if the photon had a mass of... The one by ten to the negative fifty-four kilograms. So that's zero point zero 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 fifty-four. I'm not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. but that but very very light. Very very light. And but give you an idea, an electron is one by ten to the negative thirty-one. Kilograms. Oh wow! So so it's 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 factors of twenty factors of ten or higher. You know, it's just a lot. Mm. Sorry, very very small. Then that would might fit into the picture. And that means photons. You know what's silly is that if you put double the amount of zeros, my my brain always wants to go. It's half the size. Ah, yes, that's not how it works. Not how it works at all. No, no, not not at all. So this idea here is that the photons may have look the theories of mass. That's where the missing mass of the universe is. It's zooming around as mass, and it would of course bend things. Now, if something has mass, it could decay, and so we should be able to like maybe something to a neutrino or something like that. So we should be able to see if a photon decays into well, things with mass decay into something. That's would how we, would they speed up then? Would they speed up? Because they'd be getting lighter if they decay. Or did they? They wouldn't just fall, get lighter. They'd actually just evaporate. Or become. Well, neutrinos don't last. Or become. Well, the neutrinos sort of zoom around. They're even smaller, like tiny, tiny masses of mm. things. So they would. The whole point here is the neutrino would. We could detect if we could detect a neutrino, and if we could say, okay, if a photon has mass of this sort, then it would decay into these things. It's how he discovered the Higgs boson. Yeah. Because it, not we didn't see it, we saw what it decays into. Same uh, with same with, the, uh-huh. same with the photon. Maybe we could see that. Maybe we could look for a, look for these things in the universe and go, wait, looking at certain patterns of neutrinos. That means that came from a photon. Photons oh are right, right. 
Okay, so now we need to know how long it would take a photon to decay if it had that sort of mass. And it's, it's, quite, it's quite a long time. Unfortunately, it seems that time it would take a photon to decay is longer than the length of time the universe has existed at this time. Oh. So statistically unlikely to find a photon decaying at any point because the universe just isn't old enough yet. It's only 13.8 billion years and a photon won't do that. We're new. And that's right. Now, you've also got to think, why I wanted to mention all this, A, you know, missing mass of the universe, but also it gets funny because relativistic effects, the photon therefore can't travel at the speed of light. No, it has to be a little just tiny a bit slower. Just like, tiny, 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 tiny. Very, 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 very close. Probably so close that Einstein can't detect the difference. Like yep. too many nines up the back. But that means this relativistic... <laughs> I, I've played around at golf like that once. <laughs> The relativistic effects, so if it's zooming along and you go, oh, it takes this long to decay, that's only when it's moving. If you could trap a photon... We, we've done that. We, we can. We slow them down. Well, that's not one photon. Normally, it's, it's, it, normally it's photons emitting and reabsorbing, but so different photons. Then they're saying that, well, maybe under this theory, the longest a photon could live before it decayed would be in the order of a few years. Like a couple of years, a four or five ah. years, which there's been a lot of those since the start of the universe. Unfortunately, photons are herring along at ridiculous speeds, ridiculous velocities. So therefore... It's hard to catch them. Well, that's right. So the, the It's very difficult to play photon Pokemon. <laughs> you can't catch them all. Can't catch you can barely all. catch one of them. So once you take into account the speed at which photons travel, the few years of decay time becomes 1 by 10 to the 18. So one with 18 zeros after it. Oh, that's Indians. a while. That's a while. Seeing the universe is only 1 by 10 to the 9, 1 by with 0, 9. Oh. Yeah. So that's, there's a bit of a problem there. But it, it's saying, yes, it's something that we can measure, uh, according to the scientists who've been working for in the physical review letters where I found this, saying, yes, it's something we can maybe start looking at detection. The chances are it's not going to be real. but it, it And if it is, an it'll take a long time to find yes that's right but there should be things we can measure in the hmm. future so there you go maybe the the weight of the universe the mass of the universe comes from the very light itself walk of shame Woo! i am about to break your little mind i uh, think i hope so the earth's sun yes is named chad and the earth itself thus is named chad one Ah, and why is that? Because it was the first planet around the sun we discovered. That's right. Because all the other ones are in the sky, but this yep. one was really big and really obvious. And kept falling on it and hitting our heads. Yep. <laughs> Earth is not Chad 1. Uh, what? No. Don't, please don't tell us we're going to lose the name Chad. No. Oh, thank God for that. No. Chad's... Chad's, a, Chad's up there. If anyone tries to name the sun, yeah, no, we no. got there we first. Got there way, we got it on the podcast. Yeah. We're, we're, we're ready. We, 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 we named the sun. Not many scientific podcasts or papers are following us on this, but I am hopeful for the future. We should probably publish. We probably should. <laughs> I just love the idea. At exactly 12, 12 p.m. local time, we end outside. Looking straight up, we discovered... A large hot ball. No one else had written about the name of this thing, and so we instantly named it. Have you ever heard of Ptolemy? Yes. His geocentric model. Yes. Yes. He was the first person, really, to officially name the planets. Right, okay. Yes. So He was he, actually very... He was really, really important, because Ptolemy, you know, the whole the Greek thing, but then when the start of the Middle Ages, which we call the Dark Ages, which is a bit of a crap name, but the early Middle Ages... His works were kind of forgotten in Europe, lost, and the Arabic people sort of went, found them, and they went, "This guy's friggin' brilliant!" and and they all they just took it on, and they mm. created was the Almagest, and the Almagest means the great work, and they took all of Ptolemy's works, and they, to begin with, they went, "This guy's amazing," and they wrote it in Arabic, and they just passed it around, going, "Read this stuff," and then all their best astronomers went. 
actually, it's flawed over time. Yeah. And then they went, instead of going, okay, it's flawed, they went, let's fix it. And they just, they added all the extra cool stuff about the, about the universe. And then they went, and then basically when they went and attacked it, went into Spain and, and Alhambra and around there, and, and then they, basically all the information kept passed back. So it's just really cool. This, this European Greek stuff was passed into the Arab world, yeah. and then the Arabs passed it back into Europe at the end of the dark, uh, end of the Middle Ages. I just find that really cool. Yeah. The they call it the Almagest, the great work. It just amazes me. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> So that was a side note. But uh, Ptolemy, mm. he named all the planets. Mm-hmm. All the planets, which would have been... Mercury. Yep. Well, the visible ones. Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. He named Mercury, yes. Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Didn't name the Earth. Didn't name the Earth. The Earth was the Earth. The Earth was not a planet. Oh, good point. So what does that mean? It's not named. It was not. It was not, not named, named as by... a planet. Yes. Until, until after those. So yeah. what? That, so, so that means Chad one. Chad two, oh. Chad three. So which one did he find first? Though? Which one? Which one did well, he find? That's a bit hard. We don't really. That that's a little bit of a, a well, tricky one. Also, to humans have known about. We've known about the planet. Named them a long time too. Yeah, but Before not Ptolemy. But not the Earth. Not the Earth. So, and they would have spotted the five visible ones. Yes, that's right. So we don't know exactly what was Chad one in that case. We're, we're, we're Chad six. Then. Chad six. That's <laughs> no. Oh damn it! Okay, we're not Chad six. Right? We are not Chad six. Oh, okay. Because Ptolemy, mm. he included amongst the planets mm. the moon, of course, and the Earth's sun. Right. Yes. Now we can take hazard a guess as to which one was the most obvious of these yeah. seven <laughs> astral bodies. Chad one is Chad. We can't really say that. We're mixing two um, it's naming no- systems here, though. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. Uh, the first planet discovered yes. in our solar system yes. was the sun. If you declare that a planet. Which we did. Now, <laughs> it is currently not no. Chad 1, no. but it was oh, Chad 1 initially. Uh, so Chad 1 was Chad. You're making- Chad 2 was the moon. So, uh, so probably my- Venus... Was yeah, Chad is, three because it's the yeah. most obvious planet? Jupiter's also then in Jupiter. Jupiter's really obvious. You know, I Mars would contest Mars. that mm. because I've always found Mercury to be a little bit more obvious simply because it's easier to spot that it's moving because it's always on the horizon yeah. near the other stuff that's Jupiter's moving around. It's a big bright light, though. It is a big, big bright, bright light, light, but you often you've got to look up to see. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, it, it, it's, it's impossible for it. Yeah, it's we, we, just we conjecture. conjecture. I'm just saying from my point of view is I, I can go outside and, and point at Jupiter every night. Well, not every night. When it's in the sky, I can go, boom, Jupiter. Oh, Mercury? Right. Mercury's a bit harder. Yeah, maybe. It's close to the sun and only certain times of the year can you see it. Yeah. Are you, are you mixing up with Venus? Venus is really Venus bright. Venus is really bright. Yeah, yeah. No, but the thing is, I always, it's easy, I always find it easier to spot those ones on the horizon mm. uh, at dusk because that's when it's sort of interesting and sure. it's obvious that Venus Venus is out there, and you're like, oh, it's moving in relation to. Like, it's easy yeah. to spot that it's moving. Okay, yeah. But uh, you know, we, we we can never know. Sure. But currently, yeah, there exists Chad three, four, five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. We're Chad eight because mm. we figured out that we were a planet. Yeah. Chad nine would, would be, be Neptune. Neptune. Chad ten <laughs> would be Uranus. Yeah. Uranus. Yeah. And. Chad 11 now no longer exists either because it would have been Pluto. Right, in, in the old system, in the, in the, in the Ptolemy system, yes. No, well, no, that, that's the thing. I mean, uh, someone else came along after that. Uh, mm. Oh, hang on, I should know this. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Hey, Copernicus. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Copernicus came yes. on and went, oh, it's a... It's heliocentric. A heliocentric. Mm. But mm. 
you can't just rename it every time there's a change. I see. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So we're, so quite, we're quite a long way. Basically, Chad one and Chad two are now lo- no longer planets, so they're yes. no longer Chad one and Chad two. Sure. But you can't just shuffle everything up. Oh, I see. That, right, I'm with you now. Okay. Yeah. In our crazy name numbering system, I will bow with to that. We are so probably quite Chad eight. Chad eight. We're going to go with Chad eight. <laughs> Which sounds a little bit more sci-fi for my liking. I do like Chad 8. Yes, you mentioned in the last podcast the Paleolithic diet. Yes. And I've actually had people, because I've been talking to people about it, and people sort of passing on to information. And the person I would go to in this case was Brian Dunning from Skeptoid. All right. Because he does a lot of research about this. Yeah, yeah, We talked to Brian uh, in the podcast. If you're interested in in hearing an interview with Brian, that's probably year one, I think, quite a long time ago now. To look back, look up Brian Dunning and smart off about it, you'll see our interview with him. So I'm just going to read out what he saw his research into it and, and just just to take this as we, i think we said a few odd things about it yeah uh, the paleolithic diet is a fad based diet excluding from the diet he's used the word diet a lot uh, from the diet any foods developed in recorded history like most restrictive diets it's generally perfectly healthy and low calorie and like most other diets if adhered to it should result in weight loss and generally better health those are the facts yep Okay. That's what I said. Unfortunately, many promoters of the paleo diet go well beyond the facts and make untrue and irresponsible health claims, such as their diet will prevent all sorts of diseases. That's just unscientific sales pitch. If you want to be in great shape, exercise a lot and eat well. That's the mo- most basic health advice of all. There is no magical fad diet that's needed, certainly not one as arbitrary defined as this one. If you were to survey the world's top athletes, you'd find very few who owe the credit to a fad diet, such as the paleo diet, and not to hard work and healthy living. Yeah. So there's no evidence that actually it can give you immune boosts and 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 you know, no. And we against. didn't and we didn't say that in our did we? episode. No, we I said we, did. Okay. we said that it was healthy, that as long as you kept your calcium up mm. and something else, but that all of the benefits that Paleolithic man had from the intestinal and mm. mouth flora that we'd evolved for yeah, many, many years was all gone. That's right, yeah. And we can't really recover that mm. just by trying to eat the same things that they ate mm. because, one, we're not eating the same th- things that they ate, and two, we possibly don't have access to the flora. Yes, yeah, it, it doesn't. It's evolved on. It's, it's changed, and oh, it doesn't exist anymore. Okay, cool. Just, just going to clear that up. I just felt we, we, I felt we'd sort of maybe had put a bit of a stamp of approval on the old paleo diet, which I was a little bit uncomfortable with. Yeah, any magical attributes prescribed to it do not exist. Excellent. But it, you know, it's, it's a diet. It's a diet. Yeah, eat less, exercise more. Let's do yeah. that thing. Energy in, energy out. That's right. We are just machines. And a final one for the Walk of Shame. Yes. You were talking about how uh, Jurassic Park couldn't possibly have happened. Yes. Because that mosquito yes. didn't drink blood. Yes, that's right, yeah. And I was like, oh, geez, he's got us there. He's got us there. Mm-hmm. And then Random from the forums pointed out to me that in Jurassic Park, mm. they're driving along in the Jeep. And Ellie Sattler, she grabs a leaf off a tree and she's like, oh my fucking God, Dr. Grant, this is from the Cretaceous era. This leaf is from the Cretaceous era. Yep. Dr. Grant is already, already like, holy fucking shit, a dinosaur. Yeah. Oh my God, I can't speak. Ellie, 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 Ellie. Oh my God, look, 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 look. This is much more exciting than a plant. And she's like, oh my God, a plant. Where did the plant come from? It's a very good point. Well, it needed to come from a vegetation eating. Oh, dinosaur. Uh, mosquito. Oh, okay. They're vegetation eating mosquitoes? Yes. Right. There sure are. We, we, yes, that's what you you told me that the mosquito oh, right. didn't drink blood. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yes, sorry. What do you think is plugging I, into an electrical outlet? I, I, I got confused. I just thought it went down. You told me I this. I thought it went down to the, the restaurant and just ordered the latte. I didn't know. I was drunk and confused. So, so the, the researchers at Jurassic Park were yes. just as interested in mosquitoes that ate 
vegetation as yes. they were in mosquitoes that ate meat because how could they grow the plants that the dinosaurs had to eat? Very good point. So that Mind you, they were feeding the velociraptors cows. Yeah, I can't imagine right. there were a lot of them around. <laughs> Probably not. So what you're saying is we went back two steps, but don't worry, we went forward one step. For Jurassic Park science. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Actually, that now that's interesting because what do, what would a cow do to a velociraptor's internal I system? Don't, like the paleo diet we just talked about before, I don't think it would do much. It, it, it eats meat. As long as it can handle meat, it should be able to handle it. I don't I see guess. why. Oh, well, yeah, but they're eating dinosaurs and they'd be pretty... We don't know. ...light, wouldn't they, on but, fat content. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, it, 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 they weren't lizards. They're birds. So they were something... Well, yeah. They, so, yeah Although I, not flying birds. Yeah. Big, heavy birds. They, they, were, they were... Well, birds evolved from them. Yeah. yeah. But it's, uh. it's... I don't... I don't... Meat is meat. I mean, the cells are cells, and if there are things... If they're very close to their own cell structure, that would be bad, because, you know, you can pass diseases. How fat are your lazy birds? Like the... Like the... Dodos or something. Or... The do, uh, Yeah, the dodo or the... um. I think I think the the uh, kakapow. I honestly the think the kakapow parrot. Yeah. What are what they taste like? <laughs> I mean, they're massively endangered. Yeah, so but and the most dangerous thing you could say about it for yeah, an endangered they, animal is, I wonder what that tastes that's like. How, that's how they got there in the first place. Chicken is quite a lean meat, and, and that's not because we're exercising the chickens. Yeah. It's because they don't have a lot of fat on them. It's fat a mammalian thing. Fat's a mammalian thing. That's a, one of our attributes of being a mammal is putting on fat. It's like whales put on fat, we put on fat. Maybe birds don't put on fat. They, I know they can produce milk from crops and things like that. Some of them can, like penguins, I think. Uh, but yeah, so, so fat is a mammalian thing, so their birds aren't going to be Penguins. Fat. Now they've got a bit of fat on them, surely, to keep them protected in the yeah, weather. Yeah, so it must have Maybe. something Maybe. I don't know. I mean... Feathers again. They wouldn't have blubber. No. Well, that's Because that's, a, that's a mammal thing. It's a mammal thing. thing again, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, well, if anyone's eaten penguin, tell us how fatty they are. <laughs> Dan, you are the head of the biggest biker gang here in Queensland. How did you rise to such a position? Oh, I started with the soft stuff and then slowly replaced it with the hard stuff over time. You mean marijuana and heroin? What? No, I mean those little card clicky clacker things you put on your bicycle spokes. What? You know, you attach playing cards to the spokes of your bike and it makes a cool clickety-clackety-click noise as you race down the hill. Um... I I see, and, and that's the... Uh... Soft stuff, yeah. Then, after you had a taste of cool card sounds, it's inevitable you're going to upgrade to harder plastic to get a more authentic clickety noise. Okay. Then you try metal cards, but they rip your tyres apart, so you have to install bigger metal wheels on your bike. But that makes your bicycle too heavy, so you have to install an engine. And that means you can have even thicker metal clickety clacks on your motorcycle. Which means you need an even bigger engine. It's an endless vicious cycle. <laughs> Which ironically is the name of your gang. <laughs> vicious cycle. Well, it's not really irony, is it? More of an honest description. All the gangs are trying to have the biggest clickety clackers on their bikes. It's a constant upgrade war. One day I think we're going to have to upgrade to steamrollers with sledgehammers banging on the giant metal wheels. Indeed. So your entire gang philosophy is based on bigger and bigger clickety-clackers for your bicycle? Huh. So where do the KKK white robes fit into all this? I, I assume that you're all white supremacists. White supremacists? No, we're Australia's first bikey ghost club. Right. Okay. Of course you are. Ooh, ghost club! Many episodes ago, Dan, you and I put forward the bachelorhood, the the um, 
Oh, the Knight's Spatula. The Knight's Spatula. The, the most... The most excellent order of, of smart enough to know better. And you become a Knight's Spatula. Yes. Because we, would, we thought we were very clever. Yes. And we've had very little interest in anyone becoming a Knight's Spatula. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a high bar to jump it over. Is, it is. What we said to, to people is, if you have used science to save a life... Yes. And we thought we'd have doctors ring in. They use science to save lives. But no, no, no one's actually got in contact. Ring in? Oh, sorry. Call uh, now. Call 555 S-E-2-K-X. <laughs> Don't do that. We couldn't afford the B. <laughs> Using science, how did you use a scientific principle or science to save a life? We thought someone would do it. And we got one. We got one. We got Renee. We got one. We got one. We got Renee. She was on the podcast many years ago. Episode two. Yes. A couple she, of tits. She, that's the one. And she managed to, she got sick of our boyish giggling about stuff and she decided to come on and talk to us about breastfeeding. And Episode 2.0. Yeah. yeah. Being a mammal and uh, and what, what human mammal females, because she'd just had a child. Yep. And uh, that child was still alive. So well done to Renee's child. So she'd have fat on her. She would have fat She's on her. She's a mammal. Never, things never to say to a woman. I wonder what she, what, have, what, what she tastes like. Thing number two, not to say to a woman. <laughs> and she got in contact with us and said, oh, well, I want to go for a night's bachelor. Because she said, I've saved my children. She's got two children now. My Ooh, children's wow, lives. she saved her children's she lives. She saved her children's lives with science yep. by vaccinating them. Uh, now, I want to support that because oh, of course. Vaccination vaccinations is, are is important. really important. Important, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you should vaccinate herd immunity. We've talked about this before. It, you should be immune to everything, and it helps you, and it helps the children, and it helps everyone. Are we honestly going to accept vaccination as a, allowing people into the night spatula? No, f*** that. <laughs> f*** that. I'm against it. Oh. I'm very passionately against it. Right? Why is that? Because it's not something that you should have go out of your way to do. If you're going to say, oh, well, I've saved my children's lives by making sure they were vaccinated against yeah. disease, why don't you say, oh, look, I saved someone's life with science by not steering my car intentionally into them. Oh, you're expected to vaccinate your kids. Right. It's bloody easy. It's bloody important. And if you don't vaccinate your kids, you're a fucking monster. We're going to start giving out badges and prizes to people who aren't expressly fucking monsters. Is that what we're doing, Greg? No, no, no. I'm sorry, Dan. Is that what the king, the no, king and queen no. of smart enough to know better, <laughs> the king and queen would bestow? No, no. You're right. I like, I like your thought. Your passion is is intriguing. But I, no, I accept that. It'd be like saying I look after my children's diet, therefore I deserve a medal. If, if she she doesn't actively starve her children, doesn't make her a good person. So I, I agree. Yeah, she is a good person. But that doesn't prove it. Sorry, Renee. So, uh, nice try. But uh, hey, put your kids in danger and then save them with science. Yeah, and uh, maybe some have kind another of crack. catapult or something. That'd be good. A trebuchet. A trebuchet. Yes, yeah, that'd be a good one. But it, get involved, ladies and gentlemen. Get involved. Become one of the first. In fact, you will be the first. I put the children into a trebuchet and I didn't fire it <laughs> again. No spatula <laughs> for you. Science song. Science song. Science song. I, you were training me not to be excited about these anymore. No, I'm sorry. This one was um, Higgs, Bows and Blues by Nick Cave. And you're like, oh, I don't like uh, them. I don't want to. I'm angry about things, Nick Cave. And then I actually got someone right into me and said, thank you very much yeah. for playing that song. That was a really good song. And thank you. So I was like, ha-ha. Excellent. Don't encourage him, listeners. <laughs> don't do that. This one won't be like that. This one I found and then... I was really excited, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to share this. I hid it away from everyone. The uh, the internet ferreted it out, and suddenly it exploded across the entire internet. This song, if you are interested in science or you have any kind of interest in this podcast, you probably have heard this song already. Yeah. And it made me go, I don't, oh, I probably shouldn't play it. And then I was like, no, 
I'm playing it because it's bloody awesome. I want to play it. It's great, and I think the person who did it deserves to have it listened to over and over again. He deserves a lot of kudos because of it. All right, let's set it up. Is string theory right? Is it just fantasy? Caught in the landscape, out of touch with reality. Compactify, honest by Mortisaurus 3. Space is a pure void, why should it be stringy? Cause it's quantum not classical. Vibrations, they become particles. Vibrations, they become particles. Particles. 
I'm so excited. I Thank you. Thank you for that. Did you like it? I've never seen the uh, the entirety of it. I've tried to watch it twice and given up twice. Oh, you don't but like you it. But you forced me to. I hate it. How can you hate that? I hate it. I'll tell no, you why I hate no, it. No, what? I'll tell you why I hate it. Because it is masturbatory. It doesn't what? effectively convey Anything to people who don't already know what all these terms are. It's masturbatory. Oh, it's pitched man. at people who already flood kind their of, lives with that. Me. Just you, yes. <laughs> well, not just you. There's, no, 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 there's, there's plenty of people of like people. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no passion in what? any of the song. It's all just... A, you may as well be singing out a shopping list. I absolutely disagree with that. I know what you mean about the difficulty. I mean, I, I agree in one respect that it's quite difficult and it leaves me behind. Like, I had to go look up a lot of terms and, and understand it and I learned something. My God, Dan, it led, led to a, an avenue of learning. Who would have thunk maybe I'd do some work on my own? But, but I, 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 the acapella thing is amazing. I think the fact that he did all everything you heard there was his voice except for the Einstein puppety thing the high-pitched one, which he's just him modified his voice slightly. I mean, he did, he did explain about quantum theory and, 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 and where particles come from. It does require a bit of knowledge. And the more knowledge you have, the more you understand that song. And I admit, I, I'm not even halfway in that song. Like some of the stuff, I'd go, oh, that's a, that's a name of a theory. Okay, right, I understand now. So you're saying it's kind of like a far side cartoon, is that if I've got, if I work hard and I've got the information to bring to it, I'll get more out you of get it. Get more out of it. I think you must get something out of it, though. You must get something out of that. Obviously. Oh, look, he can rhyme fermions with 
with baryons. Bravo. He can find a whole no. bunch of fucking crazy words I don't understand and rhyme. Great. He can rhyme words I don't know together. That is not a skill. That is that is just no. trolling dumb no. people like no, me. No, no, he's, I think Timothy Blaze is, is oh, Tim Blaze is brilliant. I, 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 we've put one of his songs on before. The um, We could have had a theory. The uh, Higgs boson one, that was him again. We've had him twice the second time we've had now. And both oh, times, right. I'm very excited about what he does. I, I, maybe that's what it was, an intrinsic body reaction to the last one going oh, no, I, I, my monkey brain just climb a tree or you'll learn something it's <laughs> it's it's yeah and i don't even like string theory i've made this comment many times on this podcast i think it's a it's it, it can't be proven and and it's one that's my it makes it just makes me angry we spend so much time and energy uh and and uh vibrations on it and in the future we're going to look at it and we're going to look back and go that was an exciting little masturbatory mind f- but but really, it, I don't think I don't think it's going to lead to anything. But I, I love the fact that he managed to put it into a song, and it's sorry, Bohemian Rhapsody as well. That to me, I love that. I love Bohemian Rhapsody. Any and, cover of Bohemian uh, Rhapsody distills the value of Bohemian uh, Rhapsody. Uh, uh, that one, that except one. if it's done at karaoke, oh, in which case, or in in a small car. Uh, Dad, I'm I'm really I'm sorry about that. I I um I just oh, I thought you'd like that. I really. Uh, are you a head banging along? To I it? was. I, I, that's Wayne's World. The, the movie Wayne's World. Anyone who's like under the age of thirty who has no idea what Wayne's World is. There's basically now anytime you headbang when it goes dan, 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 and you're headbanging, that's because they did it in, in Wayne's, Wayne's World. world and we all, we've been copying it the whole time, and, and, and it happens a lot. I do it every time. I know lots of people who suddenly headbang at that point, and 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 you would not like monkeys. You wouldn't know why you're doing it. You just saw someone older than you do it, and now you copy it, and and that's you to Mike Myers. There you go. Thank you, Mike Myers. I do a lot of things due to Mike Myers, <laughs> not the murderer. But the comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the funny one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd yeah, you? baby. <laughs> Slash a uh, bikini girl in half. Wow. All right. That's, um, that was weird. Before we finish up today, uh, on the it went past on the 15th of October, so last week, there was a really interesting idea where some scientists were going to organize a mass editing of Wikipedia to honor Ada Lovelace. We've talked about Ada Lovelace before in the podcast. She uh, she was big in computers. Yeah, she, was she was like was. one of the forefront yeah. of computer it, scientists. About punch cards and things like that. Have programming computers, and and we don't really know her that well. She's one of those scientists who fell through the cracks because she had boobs. Basically, let's be perfectly You'd honest. You think that the boobs would stop her from falling through the cracks? Thank you, Dan. And I really like this idea. So the fifteenth October was. was I'm was smiling Ada, so big at myself. Ada Lovelace Day, and it's trying to promote women in science and people, and not just women, but people who've been forgotten in science who put a lot in, maybe due to their race or their their sexual orientation, like Turing, uh, or their gender, uh, like Ada Lovelace. And I like the idea that on the 15th of October, people from around the world added more to Wikipedia. Not to, not to damage it, not to destroy it, but to stop it being a tiny stub and turn it into something really big and important of backed-up information. Mm. And I think that's important. And everywhere on the internet where it, where it mentions the word computer, your open brackets, invented by Ada Lovelace, Close brackets. Yeah, that, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, that's so. that's our gonna be our shot offshoot. <laughs> that's right. And get and, and or is C. So C sorry, we. There's a time distortion thing because yeah. we're recording before it happens, but it's but you're hearing it after it happens, and it's freaking me out. And I wish I wish we got into this earlier on, but I didn't find out about this until until this podcast. Yep. Right. But uh, look into it next, next year, Ada Lovelace Day, and just supporting unknown scientists and especially women. who deserve credit. Who deserve a lot of credit? They, there's some. There are amazing women in science and amazing people of minorities who aren't you know white heterosexual Western middle class males who just get lost on the wayside. And I imagine I mean, some of them got sort of dropped to the side as well. well, well quite quite a few, douchebags. Yeah, of course it is. Now Watson and Crick. 
Crick were really well known for the DNA, for, for working out the double helix aspect of DNA. They did all the theory behind it. But it was Rosalind Franklin who actually took photos of DNA. And, and her research, she was like, whoa, I took a photo. She was experimental. She went, hey, DNA isn't in the shapes we thought of. It seems to be in this weird bent ladder structure. And Watson and Crick were like, oh, we need to work out the structure of, of DNA. We can't work this out. And Rosalind Franklin had her research shown to Watson and Crick. So they saw her work and went, oh, it's a bent ladder. And they went off and did the experiments themselves and found it's a bent ladder, what we call a double helix. Mm-hmm. And then they became the famous people. But technically it should be Watson, Crick and Franklin because she did the bloody experimentation. Yeah. She did the work. Or they Franklin, did the thinking. Watson and Crick. Or, or, or even that too. Yeah. It's just, so these are the people we, we need to... This is not about promoting something that... Promoting people who don't deserve to be promoted. I'm talking about doing, promoting the people who do deserve to be promoted not depending on what genitals they have. Now I will step off my high horse. Nay. No, it's not that big. It's just a mare. It's a... Oh, Dan. I'm on my stallion. Oh, stallion. No. You have been listening to and yelling at Greg at smartenough.org. And me, Dan, at smartenough.org. Get onto Twitter at SE2KB and, and have a chat to us. And onto Facebook at SE2KB. Or the forums, www.smartenough.org. Oh, there's a really good thing to see on there. In the last podcast, was it the last podcast before last? One of them. In the recent podcast, I made some half-assed comment about the very hungry human centipede. Mm. And I went, and I went, hey, everyone, make a picture for me, listeners, make a picture. And uh, someone did. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. I put it on the on the forum so everyone can have a look at it. It's not just terribly disgusting. Uh, very, very cleverly done. That was random from the forums. And he wrote to me, sent it to me. He is we... cropping up a lot. You mentioned him in the last podcast yes. and I mentioned him well, in this one. Last, we love people who are involved. And he did a picture, he's a beautiful diligent. picture, uh, um, um, Eric Carl, Eric Carlisle, who did originally, uh, of the Very Hungry Caterpillar. And it's great. And he said that he'd only been listening to 18 minutes of the podcast, stopped, made the picture, <laughs> sent it to me, and then, and then got back. We love it when people get enthused and do things like that, and we'd love to share them. So go on the forums, have a look. Just look up for episode 54, and you'll find you'll find where I put it. And uh, get onto iTunes and go to the oh, review yes. section, yeah. and then just ignore it. Yeah, Just yeah. don't yeah. star it at all, because fuck you. Oh, no, I'm giving big hugs to the audience. That, that nice warm feeling that you're getting, you're getting that because Dan hates you, but I'm good cop to his bad cop. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm a terrible cop. <laughs> and I'm going to give you big hugs until you give us a big five rating, and then I'll stop squeezing you head okay in five four three why are you saying the two and the oh one? god why are you not saying the two and the one i don't know how to start if you don't say two and one why am i using this accent Welcome to Smart Enough to Know Better. Maybe you should do that without me sighing into the other mic. Okay, I will. Thank you for supporting me emotionally in our podcast. I sort of went, oh yeah, fluid from his mouth. The more you talk talk to me about different ends, and I was like, oh, well, it has to spray from... Oh, this is what smart enough to know better is all about. The glands, the glands. Children, children, children's characters spraying fluid from their anus. <laughs> that's 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 the charter. That's what we want. Quite a long time. It seems. It's. Oh, I just spat on my computer. That's disgusting. It seems. It seems. Um, sorry. It's. It's gone to the circuits. It's all wet.